Hello everyone and welcome to episode one of Escape Rocket. If you didn't know, my name's Eve. And my name's Will. And today we're going to be talking, well, we're going to be reviewing Black Widow. Ooh. Yes, very excited for our first proper episode of the podcast. Yeah, big one, innit? <laughs> yeah. One of the most hotly anticipated Marvel films of like the past decade, but you know. Yeah, it only took them a year and a half to release it. Yeah, only to oh oh honestly it's been the longest year and a half ever waiting for this film. I know, twenty twenty zero Marvel content. I was starved. <laughs> so yeah, watch out for that lot, guys. There's gonna be a lot of things coming your way for reviews and things. Yes. Um so like what did you go into it expecting? Let's let's start off with like what we thought it was gonna be like. Well, I, I'd seen a lot of mixed reviews, like well not mixed reviews, they were either good or bad. And it was like proper like reviewers, like the professional ones were like really really liking it. Casual fans were really liking it. And then the ones in between, you know, like the online content creators and podcasters, stuff like that, they were a bit like meh on it. So it was kind of a whole range. So I kind of lowered my expectations because I had heard a lot of uh well, not not great things, um, for certain yeah. parts. So I was very pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Actually. That's good. That's good to hear. I mean, I, I somehow managed to stay away from anything. Be it, I mean, we went to see it pretty close, soon after release anyway. But yeah. I managed to miss any like reviews or what other people were saying, which I'm thankful for. But and it gets I still released. went into it with kind of. Sorry, go on. Carry on. <laughs> no, um, uh, yeah, I went into it with like kind of a, a lower expectation because I was well. For a start off, I didn't know it was directed by a female, which I'll get onto later. Um, but I kind of went into it thinking, oh, this could go one of two ways. This could be incredible, or this is going to be exceptionally overly like sexual, and I, it's going to be <laughs> one of two, depending on who directs and like coordinates this. Thankfully, it was the former rather than the latter of those two things. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was it was very good. I really enjoyed it, and um, I, I know a lot of people were concerned about it getting like the Captain Marvel treatment, where it just. It wasn't that good, and then it got hated on a lot because you know it's a female-led um, superhero yeah. movie. But it, no, I don't think it suffered from any of those issues at all. No, 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 not from, not from what we've seen, not from what we've seen. Mm. <laughs> all right. Um, for each review, we use sort of like a ranking system that we've come up with, um, including six categories, six main categories. The first one being fun or enjoyability of the film. So that's like the overall feel-good value of it. Um, then you've got the emotion or the message behind it. So is it heavily centered around a certain topic or is it kind of like steering far away from that or is it exceptionally sad or, you know, that type of thing. Then we've got action, pretty self-explanatory. Visuals and music, again, pretty self-explanatory. And rewatchability. So how much is this film something you're going to, or TV series, something you're going to go, yeah, I'm going to watch that again and again and again because it's incredible. Um, and that's kind of what we use as like a basis for all our reviews, or what we're going to use anyway. Um, so do you want to start us off, Will, with whatever you've put down? Uh, yeah, Hold on. I always want to add, I added a couple of categories which were um, plot, uh, like the, the plot and the writing, and then the other category was dialogue and humour, Okay. felt that we had to spread those out a little bit. But it, it shouldn't really affect the score too much because, okay, okay. Um, like I say, I, I've ranked it out of 100, I think you've done it out of 10, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, I have like a hundred. Yeah, I have a hundred or ten in each category, and then an average. So, um, right, yeah. So my ranking overall, I get I got a score of a eighty-three point one. Nice. I haven't done the full rewatch and given all the scores yet, so I can't really rank it. But that's my number. Okay. Mine obviously scaled down is an eight out of ten. Well, roughly an eight out of ten. I think I got it at like eight point two or something. Yeah, so um, close, so, yeah, yeah, pretty similar actually. Surprisingly, because I thought we would be well, I thought we'd be slightly off, slightly different in things, but no doubt we'll explain why in a minute. Yeah. Um. Actually, my my highest scoring category was a ninety on action. That was um. I thought yeah, I really enjoyed the action of this movie, so that, that's uh got a um... got a big score there. See, my highest were like visuals, music, and rewatchability. Those are like the three I ranked the highest out of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it co- it kind of comes standard in the fact that they had a year and a half to you know do whatever with visuals and music, but yeah, I think the rewatchability comes from a sense of, <laughs> of it being an incredibly well made female film. Um, yeah, I can, or I can just in general, the superhero you... film is very well made. Um. Yeah, I can. I'm sure you and a lot of uh, like women feel very uh, differently about this than than a man would do much. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what I said it to you after we watched it. It's kind of like the perfect feminist film in the sense that it isn't throwing female stuff in your face, but it is very much being like, look, these women can do incredible things. Like, just here's a bit of appreciation for it, which is the perfect amount. Um, yeah, I thought I thought that aspect was great. I, it was just it was just women being cool, you know. That's just yeah, yeah. It. Well, it wasn't throwing it in your face that they were females. It was just like, have you seen the fact that these people are really cool, <laughs> which is really good. Yeah. Um, and and quite refreshing actually, because obviously they did something in Endgame, which was kind of it. It, it was met with one, well, two halves of opinions. Yeah, <laughs> That's what you I know, mean, you know, talking about. Um, I mean, yeah, that scene was like it gave me chills, but when you think about it too hard, it's like <laughs> it's like oh, that's a little bit cringe, a little bit cringy. Just, just don't think about it, and it's fine. <laughs> wow, they, I think they've learned from like oh, my, oh wow. I mean, it wasn't saying people directing it or anything, but like they kind of learned from it and were like, yeah, let's not do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that it it was kind of meta, to be honest. This isn't something I wrote down, but it's something I've thought back on. It's the fact that like um, Florence Pugh's character, Yelena, is like taking the wet out of Black Widow's poses and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, ju- I just loved that because I was like, okay, there's some things that you didn't think about before watching it. And then you're like, hang on, yeah, Black Widow does do that pose after every single thing, like, thing she does. Yeah, it was the two, two of my favourite things from the movie were the joke where she got on the floor in the shop and started flipping her hair back and forth. That was so funny. And then the other <laughs> one where she tried the pose and then she got like, the shivers afterwards because she hated it. That was that was all really yeah, good. She's like, oh, never do that again. Great. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, she was a really well put in character. Like she had the right amount of humour and like seriousness. It was great. Yeah, I, I've, I'm looking at my Yelena notes here, and, and it's just me saying like, I can't wait to see her continue in the MCU because she is she's very funny. The action scenes are all great. 
Um, yeah. I think she had, she had the best emotional through line in the film as well with the, it was real to me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was really, really heart-wrenching, and I, I love that. Um, she almost seemed to have, it. like, a complete character arc. Uh, well, not complete, but, like, she seemed to have the, the biggest character arc out of any of the other main characters in the film. Yeah, which is a, a good a good feat because it's her first movie she's been in. So yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, it's kind of a hard thing to do with Black Widow because this film's set between two like set points for her, so she can't have too yeah. much of a life yeah, change or anything like that. Um, so that that was yeah, that was, I liked her character, and I'm very happy that that was a thing. <laughs> um, I also I also enjoyed Rachel Weisz's performance. Um, I mean, her character yeah. wasn't wasn't as as amazing or interesting as y- Yelena necessarily, but it was, yeah, she did a good job. And I, I the the kind of dark side of it with the the pigs and stuff that was a bit weird, but I liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were there were I don't know. It was a really odd one because I kind of well, obviously, you don't really see much of Rachel Vice's character in the trailers or anything. So like, you go into it thinking, okay, she's like. I don't know, the more more she's like sort of a main character and then she kind of subverts that expectation a little bit and becomes quite key without necessarily taking the forefront of every scene. Um, yeah. I mean, she's the so one like, that actually took down the Red Room by blowing up the the um, the engine, right? So Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, <laughs> it's kind of unsung hero almost a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. The the twist I kind of saw coming, sort of, and I, I haven't said anything about it yet to you because I was like, I kind of saw it, but uh, is, are, you, are you talking about the the face swap one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of saw it coming, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. I I think that was unexpected for me, but I think that was amplified, but actually by the marketing because in the posters they were wearing the, like the opposite costumes. Yeah. So when yeah. you saw them, their face in the costume, you just thought, "Oh, that's not that from the poster," and then it wasn't them. So it's you're um, like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of meta stuff actually like that. Like, in, I was, I've, I've got here that um, Ot Fagbenley's character, the you know the supplier. I can't remember his name. Um, yeah. I don't think he has a name in it, does he? I don't think they actually mention it, but he does have a name. Um, yeah. Uh, when when they announced his casting, they didn't say what his character was. And they no. also didn't say who was playing Taskmaster, so everyone thought he was going to be playing Taskmaster until the film came out, obviously. So that, <laughs> yeah, really, like, oh. that really helped that twist as well. He was a bit of a red herring outside of the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, something I want to discuss character-wise <laughs> is Ray Winston's Russian accent. It's appalling. <laughs> um, no, no. <laughs> is, he, is he Russian, though? No, he he's from he's from England. He, he's no, I mean, uh, no, I mean, <laughs> oh, in, in the film, it's Drakov because they, I mean they meet him in Cuba, so I just kind of. I don't know. I don't. Know. Maybe his accent's meant to be a bit all over the place to be like, ah, he's a world traveler. I don't know. Yeah. But like at times, I was like, this this isn't this doesn't sound Russian at all. Yeah, I didn't even take it as being Russian. That's how, I guess that's how bad of a Russian accent it was. <laughs> I assumed it he was. From somewhere else, I don't know. Yeah, personality and acting wise, absolutely incredible for the character. But oh yeah, I mean his character's an absolute scumbag, and they sell it completely. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He does an incredible job of playing that scumbag. <laughs> yeah, but 
don't know, accent-wise, it was a little bit off-putting at times because I knew, well, I, th- I assumed he was meant to be playing a Russian. Well, um, I mean, his name is Drakov, so maybe he is Russian, yeah. <laughs> at which point you go, oh, God. Um, yeah, I, I loved um, some of the stuff about him as well, like the, the pheromones thing. I've had a lot of people complain about that, and so it's a bit silly, but I mean... I think that's a really cool detail. Yeah, and it's based on actual science, so it's not like it's some stupid superhero movie thing. It's like an actual thing that Yeah, yeah, might yeah. Work. It's not like <laughs> it's not out of the realms of fantasy or anything. It's like, no, no, yeah. no, that's an actual thing that could potentially be whatever. And um, when she slams her head on the table, <laughs> that kind of caught me off guard. I was like, oh, that's really clever, but also kind of weirdly graphic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone said it's like a really dark it's a really dark comedic assassin movie it isn't a superhero film and i kind of thought that was quite an accurate description of it because it's not it is superhero-y because of the universe it's set in but i wouldn't necessarily say other than red guardian it it necessarily throws anything you know fantastical in front of your face necessarily other than maybe super jets and whatever that don't Um, exist yet other than maybe the um the multiple times they should have definitely died as well well, yeah, but I think that that comes with the territory, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, we'll carry on. So, uh, I was just going to say in that in that scene as well with with Drakov, um, yeah, when when he pulls up all the the faces of the Black Widows on the screen, I thought that was that was really hard hitting as well because it's like just how many women is he like taking advantage of here? Like, <laughs> yeah, how many women is he of... indoctrinated? Yeah, and that, the the line where he says the girls are like the nas- last natural resource in abundance, and it's kind of scary to scary that someone like would have that kind of mentality. Um, yeah. So yeah, I really liked his character. Really, his character. I think you. I think you said it very well. His character is a complete scumbag. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like, will quite happily abduct children, condition them whatever it's like oh god <laughs> um yeah and you see a lot of that in the in the opening credits as well with the the cover of smells like teen spirit and uh yeah all the, like the trafficking and everything that was really yeah i'm not gonna lie i wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of that cover of, of smells like teen spirit but i think that's because i'm a bit of a diehard fan of nirvana from like the beginning yeah. so i'm like not the original. It's not the original. <laughs> it, it was a bit weird, but it, it worked well, I think, for the scene. So I didn't. Mind yeah, it. It, it was creepy enough. I think. Yeah, part of me thought it was a bit slow, but yeah, <laughs> that that's just my opinion on it. Um, other than that, though, music was completely incredible from beginning to end. Oh yeah. Um, like I, I mean, I can I can rarely fault Marvel's um soundtracks and music, but this one was particularly like incredible <laughs> it was it was very good yeah i gave it a an 81 on music just because it's it's very good but it's like not massively memorable particularly no um, i wouldn't yeah and it's not like there's loads of it or where it like kicks in and there's this big like chills moment it's just very good consistent music throughout and there's like ones for yeah. different characters so it's it's very good but it's I, I didn't give it a a huge score for it just because you know the memorability and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. I can, I can agree with that. The only thing I kind of marked it down for was the odd choice of American Pie as like a thing to add in. 
Oh yeah, um, that's true. Although, although the this will be the day that our die line worked quite well when uh, when the red room found them at the house. Yeah, the like yeah, there were parts where it really fitted, but the I don't know what I've, I've written it down because it it threw me off a little bit. <laughs> the song was released in 1974, and the uh, I think the original bit's meant to take in, uh, in place in 1990. I think what it said, or like 1995, which means there's like 20 was, years. Yeah between that point and whatever and i don't i I can't remember if they said how long alexi had been in the states for which so it it just threw me off a bit because i was like that's a really old song for the time that they're sticking it in but at the same time i suppose it's quite well like you said it's relevant to what they're doing and it's also sort of a song that's never really been forgotten like it's still sung a lot now i don't don't know it just threw me off a little bit (laughs) yeah no i get i get that yeah. Also, oh, with the also... um the the whole backstory section at the beginning, I just wanted to touch on that because it was oh, yeah, when we only saw very minimal parts of that in the mm. in the trailer, but it was actually a lot longer than I expected, and uh, yeah, and it had some really good setups for for the rest of the movie as well, like the stuff with Ohio, and that's where you know it turns out Natasha's grave ended up, and her mother's grave as well, and yeah, like the photos where they talk about. Later in the film, that they took all the all the family photos on one day to to like yeah. fake it, and the whistle as well, the the whistle between the sisters, which came back twice. Yes. Oh, oh, not the end. <laughs> <me so> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I also thought that the um, child actor for Scarlet didn't look enough like her. I guess. Yeah, um, actually, that's a good point. And I wasn't keen on the blue hair. I don't know why they chose blue hair it kind of took away from the whole look um as well I maybe I they used it to show like the fact that she never really conformed to what they wanted like she was rebellious or whatever that yeah, might that, have been the reason for it that's, um, that's might be a good shout yeah yeah that i mean that that's literally me talking from an english point of view i mean like analyze everything <laughs> yeah um, but the, that the... that Carry on, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> just going to say that the the de <laughs> aging as well on on Harbour and Vice were really good. Like I didn't, oh, yeah. couldn't even notice it. Like it was just really seamless. It was um, so well done. Anyway, you uh, continue with yours. My continue. Um, right. Let me think of my name. Da, 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 da. I'm going to talk about the rewatchability of it because <laughs> I I, yeah. I think it actually has. The reason I scored it so highly, basically, was because it's set between Civil War and Infinity, yeah. meaning, but it's like a part that they don't ever really talk about, even in the films. It's kind of just there's a time jump there a little bit, um, which means that that it fills that gap nicely anyway. And then also, it it barely mentions them. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's mentioned at the start about the Sokovia Accords, which. If you can't, if you don't know what they are, that might throw you off a little bit. And it mentions the fact that the Avengers have kind of split up and are going in separate ways. But it's never like throwing it in your face about all the Avengers stuff that you're then feeling overwhelmed almost to what rewatch the series or rewatch the film before to understand what's going on. Which yeah. is, um, well, it's it's good for a fan who wants to watch that film but doesn't necessarily want to get into the Marvel universe or anything because I think it, it works very well as a standalone film from anything going on effectively is what i'm trying to get at 
No, I agree. Um, I feel like the the ensemble movies always do struggle from like you have to have watched everything up until that point to understand anything that's happening. And this yeah. one is is like oh she's on the run. I mean Ross is there, so but you don't have to know who Ross is necessarily. No. And then it sets up Infinity War with the the jacket and the hair at the end. But again, it's not if you're not going to watch Infinity War, it doesn't matter. No, you just be like, oh, she's got a new hairstyle. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's just, I think it's a really nice film. I, I mean, one of our mutual friends who doesn't watch films, I reckon it's a film that she would watch. Um, because I think it's something that she would, you know, she would be quite interested in watching it, but wouldn't necessarily want to get into the entire franchise. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nice, it's nicely accessible for for anyone. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. Well, I agree with what you were saying about the ensemble movies, but I think it even got to the point where, and this is something we'll get onto when we do our Marvel rankings episode, um, um, Captain America Civil War became, and I, I, I stand by this point, it became an Avengers movie, not Captain America, and I will stand by that point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, think, I think the whole thing behind that was that he was contracted to do three Captain America movies and when they got to the yeah, third Yeah, and they one, needed to fill a title, uh, yeah. which oh, irritated yeah. me. Anyway, that's not the point. I divert. <laughs> I divulge, is it? Um, yeah, but it's just like that film as a whole would have been a really nice just standalone Captain America and instead they made it, let's make it a prequel to Infinity War as an Avengers film, just minus a couple of them and then you feel an obligation after watching Civil War to watch um Infinity War, or watch something else that like precursors it, and it's like, yeah, I love them to pieces, and I love the fact that the entire universe fits together. But now I know the entire universe fits together. <laughs> I almost always feel like I have to watch more than one of them at the same time because th- there's that oh my god, I know what happens next, or oh, I want to know what happens before type of thing going on. Um, yeah, definitely. Like the only time Black I ever Widow do a rewatch <laughs> is is when I do a full rewatch. I don't really ever watch individual marvel movies on their own which I mean, it's probably because a lot of them you can't really and if you yeah you know you kind of want a refresher but also just because they've made it so that watching the whole thing is so much better than watching individual ones at this point in my opinion it's just more entertaining. yeah there are there are to be fair there are a few of them that that don't do that and i would say the iron the three iron man films don't really do that where they force you to watching more of them because yeah, they're all yeah. quite standalone from the main Avengers films. And the other one would probably be Thor Ragnarok because it takes place <laughs> before, like, well, in between all the all the stuff kicking off. Yeah. Um, which it, it works the same way Black Widow does. It's, it's standalone from everything, so you don't feel like you have to watch anything else associated with it. You can just watch that film. And also, um, Thor and Hulk weren't in civil war so there's no connection anyway yeah exactly it's almost like they get their own film because they weren't in that one <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so that, that was kind of where i came from from rewatchability was the fact that i i would quite happily rewatch it a lot of times just because i wouldn't necessarily feel obligated to watch any of the others at the same time which is how i i'm sorting it out yeah yeah well the other the, the one one of the scenes that that does um kind of make you ask questions about other things is the post credit scene because obviously you see Natasha's grave and it's a bit like, oh well what's happened to it to Nat you know now so you kind of a lot of the time you do it every watch where you're showing someone the movies for the first time. You might want to skip 
all the post credit yeah, scenes because they just skip the end credit scene and be like, no, we're not watching this. <laughs> but, but I did like this post credit scene because um, it's set up for Yelena and the Hawkeye show, which she's supposed to be in. So that's all really yeah. cool. And Val again, who was supposed to be <laughs> here first, but Winter Falcon and Winter Soldier released first, so she was in that first. But um, yeah, it's just that, that, that teases her future in the MCU as well. She's kind of becoming this big figure maybe for setting up the Thunderbolts or like the Dark Avengers or something. That's yeah. something that we can really look forward to with with her as well. Part of me wonders if she's kind of going to be a bit like Nick Fury in the sense that she'll be in a lot of the things that happen before like the main thing she's actually in. So yeah, like Nick I've Fury was in a lot. lot of end credit scenes and whatever before he was actually in um, a main film. Um, yeah. I think that's exactly what she's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, which is really cool because it means there's a, there's then going to be like a building amount of anticipation to to watch her, which is incredibly cool. Um, I also just kind of like her character a bit more than Nick Fury. She's just funny. Like the the joke about being allergic to Midwest was was uh, funny, and yeah, yeah. I just I think she's quite entertaining. So just seeing her in general <laughs> will be good. Yeah. Um. What should, do you want to talk about action next? As that was one of your highest ranking ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've got the I've got here that the action was great, and it was interesting how most of it in this film was like widows fighting other widows or fighting Taskmaster. So everyone was kind of just fighting themselves the entire movie, but it still was interesting, and so which is that yeah. was kind of an interesting. Uh, way to take it and there's a lot of level playing fields so they have to get kind of creative with how they do it um, yeah which we really saw on the on the bridge scene like the the, the bit where a taskmaster like swings in like spider-man and then does a flip and land that's just that was so cool, so cool. i love it <laughs> yeah. i really hope they keep him in the sorry her in the uh mt in the future because they, they could do some really cool stuff with that yeah and it is just, oh, oh, oh. There's so many things that they've kind of set up to go into motion now that they kind of need to act on it. Um, yeah. So, you know, Marvel, no pressure. You have, you have a job to do. <laughs> I, I, do, um, I, do th- I did notice as well, this film was kind of low stakes in that, like, no one died. And so many characters should have died. Like, yeah. Like, when, they, when they get shot at a lot but there's none of them hit or the subway car crash or like well even the end scene when yelena po- pokes the uh, yeah. thing into the chair it's like oh <laughs> what's going like, on like there's so many times they should have died and they just didn't and then none of the characters like made like a sacrifice play or anything it was just everyone's out even all the black widows they all survived as well like yeah Mm. To be honest with you, there was a lot of times where I was like, "Oh, Rachel Weiss, Rachel Weiss's character's going to die, or something like that." Or yeah, it was hers. I expected to die, actually. and it, it's just yeah. Well, obviously, Drake have died, but <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we're happy about that, so that's all right. Yeah, that's that's not really a loss to society. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked the level of action in it because I think it. I, it kind of well, it, it's, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier in the sense that it was more of an assassin movie than a superhero film. So like, there was a lot of violence. In it. Well, there was more violence in it than I think people would expect there to be for a female film. I'm putting that in air marks. Um, 
Yeah, it was it was a lot grittier than I expected as well, which is nice to see in, in the MCU especially. Yeah, I, again, I think that possibly goes back to the director. Um, she possibly just saw what was missing and was like, "Yeah, we need to stake that in." <laughs> yeah, and it was a great movie to do that. There, there was yeah, there's a lot of a lot of great, a lot of uh, kind of visceral action and and. A mild gore in it as well, which is yeah, which was new, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And again, I think that that's another thing that people probably won't expect or wouldn't expect when they watched it is the fact that it was a bit more brutal um, than some of the other films that they released, um, which is nice. Yeah, <laughs> as as hypocritical as it sounds, violence equals nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, that. The, the action was good. The action was good. We're well, going um, back to Taskmaster. Um, yeah. Th- the twist was very unexpected. I have to say. <laughs> yes. Like, I did not. I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> no. I mean, going in, I'd heard. I'd heard basically the reviews I'd heard about Taskmaster were, he's in it, and there's a big decision in this film that was made that some people might not like. So I was like, all right, I was going to like, okay, he's going to die. No. <laughs> no. In fact, it, it's a woman, and it's Drakov's. Daughter. It's Draco's daughter. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, it adds to his his, his um, character levels of being a scumbag. <laughs> yeah, true. And it, it kind of I feel like it almost takes away a little bit from the the Budapest mission, Budapest. Um, Budapest. <laughs> because she didn't actually kill Draco or her da- or his daughter. They both survived the whole thing. But yeah, I mean, it's I guess it's almost like. The past coming back to haunt her or something, but yeah, a little bit. I also don't it... know why um, she looked like a man without the helmet. With the helmet, sorry, like why did the suit? Yeah, look like a man. I, that's what I, this is why it was such a big twist for me. I think was the yeah. fact that the entire way through, I'm going, yeah, that's a dude's figure. Who we ha- which dude have we met so far that it could fit? And there was no one. There was like there was nothing at all. And then. I mean, it makes the, some of the some of the previous scenes make more a little bit more sense, and why they keep bringing up Draco's daughter, um, and then they reveal it, and you're like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> what? Yeah. And then suddenly, the suit seems more feminine. Yeah, I, I, I did notice in a couple of scenes, at least the arms and legs do it a little bit more. But like yeah, the, yeah. the whole like bulky chest, like body piece, I'm like. Is is it just for the audience? Is it like just for the yeah, reveal? Yeah, it's almost like a Dorito type of shape for the, <laughs> which is well, stereotypically a dude's figure, not a yeah. female's. <laughs> like, I feel like they could at least put a line in there. Like, I heard one reviewer, I can't remember who it was, suggest that Drakov could have said something like, um, "I always wanted a son" or something, and then that kind of explains why he now that he's in control of his daughter, that you know, he dresses her. Like a man yeah. in a man's suit. That could have been an interesting way to take it, but I don't know, maybe they'll explain it in the future. Maybe. Maybe future plot hole, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um I say something that this is something that I want to kind of discuss with you rather than like make a statement about. The joke when um they're rescuing Alexi from the prison and they're in the hot and they're in the um helicopter and he goes, Oh, it wasn't that bad and then uh, Elena and uh, Scarlett. No, yeah, Scarlett Johansson. We'll go with that anyway. <laughs> when both of them two are discussing the very detailed um, explanation of what happens to their um, 
Oh yes, sexual <laughs> organs. Like, yes. as a female, I found that exceptionally funny. But I know there's a lot of men who would go and watch that and be like, "This is really uncomfortable." And then possibly that's the reason that they've kept it in or whatever. But what was your take on it? I, I just find that very funny. I really enjoyed that joke. Um, and I mean, it, it was kind of uncomfortable to listen to because it's kind of like horrifying almost. It was like it, oh, it was God. visceral. <laughs> yeah, that's like mm, I don't know why I have to explain so much detail because that I can't really imagine how that would feel but it wasn't like uncomfortable it was it was still uh very funny i did i did enjoy that okay because i think well this is something that they did very well in, in terms of humor is the fact that they kind of did what they do in male films so if you notice in male comedy films they tend to mention whatever's quite a lot and i yeah, think they kind it's... of flipped it on its head and did the same but with yeah. females <laughs> yeah no i agree yeah <laughs> Which is really clever, to be honest, because no one really does it. Um, but I know because it's not really done, some people are like, well, that's a bit it's a bit detailed, isn't it? And you're like, maybe. Well, it just fits in with the rest of the, the gory movie that we got, so I suppose it's, uh, it's all right. Yeah, to be fair. And to be honest with you, I think it fits Scarlett Johansson... Oh, I keep calling Scarlett Johansson instead of Natasha. It fits <laughs> Natasha's humour so much better than like trying to put something nicely funny and like it just fits that level quite well i think yeah <laughs> and uh, and tangentially as well to that um david harbour um red guardian he didn't really do that much in this movie like boy he was just like the joke man which is which always tends to happen to some hardly important male character in his story that is kind of Okay, this is the guy that does the jokes, and that's kind of it. Yeah, there's always a comic relief in it, rather than yeah, yeah. And and the amount the amount of effort they put into getting him out of prison as well. I feel like they could, you could have made him do a little bit more in the plan. Yeah, um, all he did was kind of beat well, keep Taskmaster busy for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it wasn't that long, and we didn't really see much of the fight. It was no. Just, yeah, I was, I was a bit disappointed by the use of Red Guardian in this movie, but he's still alive, so maybe we'll get more of him. Maybe we get more. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're being such strong characters. And even to some extent, Draco being such a well-thought-out like, strong character. But Alexi to be kind of average, it, it takes it away, I think, from the rest of the film. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And he wasn't the only character that was utilised as well, because um, General Ross was in here somewhere. Um, he was in Hello? it at the beginning, and then oh, yeah. at the end. And <laughs> we, we, never, we never got to see how Nat got out of that situation at the end. It just kind of caught us the cars were rolling yeah. in. Yeah, and we probably won't ever get an explanation for it, because... Yeah, it's a film that's in between Civil War and Infinity War. <laughs> so yeah. she just appears, and you're like, oh, okay. And for some reason, he looks a lot older than Civil War, and is using a walking stick, and is that another he does surge- that. Yeah. surgery? I don't know how much time has passed, but it can't be that. <laughs> Humans <much>. age differently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Well, actually, I probably did notice it and didn't think about it. That's metal. Yeah. <laughs> Using a cane. 
Just That's a bit really random. I think she mentions a triple bypass that he's had, like a third triple bypass or something. I'm like, what are you yeah. Have? <laughs> you should be careful. It's like okay, clearly this one's not okay, but okay. <laughs> yeah, and and if he's going to come into the future as well with with the violin, everything like the thunderbolts or whatever, if they do that, um, yeah. I don't know, I don't know how they're they're going to have like because he's in the comics, he becomes Red Hulk, right? And if they're going to do that, then it's going to get old Hulk. <laughs> Yeah, he's like in his 70s, right? So, I don't know. Something like that. Ooh, right. Now, let's talk about visuals for a sec. Mm. Um, so, obviously, CGI was second to none, but I'm yeah. pointing part of that down to the fact that they've had a year and a half to properly take time on it. Um, whether they did or not is another question, but we can think <laughs> that they did, because I don't really think there was anything majorly off about anything. Um, at least CGI-wise. However, something that I want to pick up, and it's something I said to you after we watched it, the white suit on um, Natasha, something about it just didn't sit right with me. I don't know what it was, but something about it didn't look right to me. And I, it's something I can't explain, but it just didn't look right. I, it's possibly because it was white and I'm so used to seeing her in black. Um... I don't know. I didn't. I thought it looked good. I don't know. I liked all the costumes in this movie, to be honest. Um, oh, the costumes were good. I, I will not. I will not dispute that. <laughs> but I think possibly seeing it the same thing on Yelena and then comparing it to seeing it on Scott, uh, seeing it on Natasha, made me go something slightly off here. I don't know. There was I just. Mean, I mean, they're slightly different builds, so maybe it was just suited a bit better to Yelena. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It was just something that seemed slightly... I think the funny... Well, what was funny was when Red Guardian was trying to put his costume back on. Yeah. That, was a, that was a great scene. Um, because I could imagine someone I know doing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, some of the other visuals were really good, though. Like There was a lot of like red glowy stuff in this film but i liked it because it kind of tied it all together and it like all tied back to the red room which was all red and glowy with the the screen in dracov's office and everything yeah like, you had all the um like the red there was like screen screen flares like what would you call them you know when there's like a camera camera flare yeah um, yeah 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 i know what you mean quite a few of those red ones in in the film and just the the antidote was red as well and yeah like, yeah, they never that's, felt that's overdone though, and they never felt, yeah. They just—I don't think anything. None of the effects they used ever felt like overused or cheesy. They felt quite well done. But again, that could be the fact that they've had a year and a half to edit this to a point where it's incredible. Um, yeah, <laughs> I really liked the fact that well, there was a reason for the way the Black Widows were and and how they've kind of been like adapted since. Um, Natasha left was the fact that they've kind of all been hypnotised a little bit I liked that as a dynamic because I think that was, I don't know it was something very clever um, but it wasn't too sciencey that you had to feel like you needed a degree to understand why it happened it was just... <laughs> Yeah, it, it wasn't um, yeah, M-game Mobius strip time travel it was, uh, it was a bit <laughs> Or a bit even simpler. to some extent Doctor Strange in that sense Like, so there were yeah. parts of Doctor Strange where I was like I don't know what's going on in this film <laughs> Whereas this was like almost the complete opposite. Um, it would, yeah, that was a really, really clever thing to include. And to be honest with you, 
something that I, I've mentioned as one of my biggest things is it was such a well-paced film. So like that section of Yelena explaining what it what ha- what's happened and whatever, that never felt drawn out or anything. It was quite bam, 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 this is what it does. Simple explanation, let's move on with the film. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've heard a review that, that was like, that was kind of unexplained and it was just like, boom, missed, you're cured. But it's like, yeah, that, that, I mean, they had to introduce it somehow and they needed Yelena, you know what I mean? I think it's worked really well with that first scene. Um, yeah. I don't think it was like a like a deus ex machina or anything. I think it, no, no, I mean, no, no, no. Maybe it was a little bit with the the gas grenade at the end, but like, mm. yeah, no, I think it, it worked pretty well. I think, yeah, maybe, but again, I think, well, they never explain what caused the hypnotism in the first place, but they explain what the antidote is, which I think is possibly what they're, what the reviews may be getting at is the fact that they don't explain that. Um, yeah, true. Uh, were there any? I don't think there was anything I really pulled out as a plot hole or anything, which was quite good. No, I didn't. No, I, I couldn't really didn't see anything that stood out. So no. Um. Oh, going back to pacing. That's what I was going to do. Pacing. <laughs> I said to you afterwards that the middle section where they were in the cabin, um, in Rachel Vice's cabin. That bit kind of felt, I don't know, to me it felt very, very slow or like drawn out a little bit. But I think now I look back on it, it's because the bit before it is very high action and the bit after it is very high action. So you've kind of got that, that yeah. bit needs to happen. It needs to be, there needs to be like a bit of lull, a bit of humor, a bit of silence or whatever. Yeah, I was um, going to use that word. I was going to say it's a lull. And it, it gives you that um, nice emotional scene with um you know the scarlet saying you know it's it, not a real family None of this is real yeah, yeah. so and i really like yeah because i really like that so i'm yeah, yeah. i was happy with it, it yeah it, it it was used as like a way to create story rather than jo- well i mean it all was but anyway yeah <laughs> and we're seeing we're seeing marvel do that a lot more as well like before often it was just kind of action 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 in marvel movies and, and now they're taking a bit more time for the characters especially with disney plus shows where, they, where yeah. they've got the time to do it yeah when they've got like six plus hours to really explain storylines yeah exactly um, yeah I don't, I don't know i i think that scene was really well used for florent for yelena's character development um yeah. Because obviously she was, well, she was silent for while they were all arguing, but then she says like that one line of, but it was real to me, and then leaves. And like, well, she mopes, but like it was, that bit was very, very real. It didn't feel acted as it would be, even though it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it yeah, felt like a very yeah. real situation uh, and very real emotions. And that's probably down to Florence Pugh's acting. So yeah, she, well yeah, she was, she was fabulous in every part of this film. <laughs> Yeah, she's the one character. Well, I mean, they were all good, but like, she's the one that I'm like, she was the highlight of that film. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm and it, very glad that she's going to be in more things. Um, oh, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But in that scene, in classic Marvel fashion, they uh, followed up the emotional beat with a bit of humor with David Harbour tr- going in trying to calm her down and then talking about his 
his dad go toilet on his hands. <laughs> that was really that was a really funny joke. Um, it was. I, th- I think they gave it a, enough room from the emotional part. I think so. That was yeah, nice. it lightened and also it lightened the mood just that little bit to stop it from being very depressing scene. Yeah, because otherwise, um, if you didn't have the joke, we would have had like emotional scene with a bit of drama, and then instantly into they're getting raided and kidnapped and taken up to the main finale. Yeah, so that was it. <laughs> At which point you would have been like, "Oh God, I don't know, what, yeah. I don't know how to feel anymore." Yeah. Um, yeah, that was really well done. Um, so yeah, that that yeah, I know. I said after you after no, oh God, let me say that. Let me try again. <laughs> I know after we watched it, I said to you that that scene was really slow, but now I've had time to think on it and write write my thoughts on it. I've kind of come to terms with the fact that it probably wasn't slow. <laughs> um, like it, it was just long enough for story to take place, for emotion to happen yeah. without taking away from anything. Um, and that's another... I mean, I've ranked it low for emotion. I've only ranked it a six or a seven, but that's because... It doesn't focus too much on it. It doesn't try and send too much of a message. It doesn't try and focus on too much like sadness or well, yeah, I suppose you could say happiness as well. But like, it's just it's enough. It's average at it, but that's what it needs to be. Because I think if it was overly yeah. sad, it it would just be depressing and it wouldn't be very good. And if it was too overly happy, then it wouldn't fit with the film and like the characters in it. So yeah, it, I, it was I agree. the right amount, yeah. But it's weird. It's weird because my um, emotion slash message ranking was the second highest. I, I ranked it as an eighty. Really? Okay. Okay. What was your because, justification? Well, to be fair, it's more of a compa- in, within the MCU, not just as a movie as a whole. Um, okay. This is. It does have some of the more emotional beats, like like like, like we keep saying that it was real to me, and. The post-credit scene was was quite sad, and um, it's also like start. It's good to start a discussion about like family and and the whole stuff about like what why is a family and all the things that had to go through when he was a child, like the being trafficked and the the fake well, being in a fake family was that all oh, that was very um, kind of interesting to think about and was quite emotional. So. Yeah, to be honest with you, I think I probably now. What now? I'm thinking about it. I, well, no, if I thought about it in context of Marvel, I probably would have ranked it higher. Yeah. Um, I was I was purely going off an individual film, but yeah, as as a whole, Marvel don't really talk about families. No, true. Like obviously, you've got uh, uh, well, in Endgame, you've got Tony Stark and his family, and in God, I've got to think think which film it is now, Age of Ultron, maybe, where you've got Hawkeye and his family. Yeah. Um you've got like those two things, but then everyone else it's kind of very depressing. They mention parts of their family and that's it. Well, I mean with, with Thor, details. Thor's very much family based, but it's more family drama because <laughs> because his <laughs> yeah. brother's evil is you know, his dad is kind of neglects them, his mum dies, then his dad dies, then it's another family member his, yeah, his sister's a psycho <laughs> and his brother dies like multiple times. <laughs> so, and oh, you, you, you see a lot of that come through in Endgame as well with like the Thor's depression and whatever. So oh, they, yeah. they, they they have gotten better at it in in recent years. Yeah, I think if you look at the first, well, if you look at the first Avengers film, 
it was incredible and it's still one of my favourite Avengers films, but you, you don't really have any like major emotion in it. You have the bit yeah. um oh god, I've got to think. Um I know ten guys w- with none of that with ten of you or whatever. That oh, like yeah, yeah. That's like the closest they get to properly emotional, really. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's as like as like a massive group. That's the closest they come anyway. They've got individual bits in that film where they're sad or whatever, but that's the closest they come as a group. And it's like now, now you look back on it, you, you're going, Jesus, <laughs> there's clearly yeah. stuff that needs to be said here, and no one's saying it. Um, and then fast forward to 2021, you get Wonder Vision, which is just family and like just emotion. Um, so yeah, they kind of. Well, I've mean, gone full circle with it a little bit. Yeah, or like one eighty. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think, I, to be honest with you, I think they've evolved, but they've evolved in the right way. So they've gone from kind of no emotion to a lot of emotion, but it needs it. Well, something like One Division definitely needed it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just like I think Black Widow needed that lull of emotion in the middle. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's something I've noticed with my rankings is like films like um, uh, Winter Soldier, which I really love. I mean, I've kind of had to boost their emotion slash message up a bit because as much as it basically has none in it, it's it works for the film. Like, yeah, it's it's what the film needs, which is why it's not just a really low score because it doesn't have any in it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's got enough for that film, but it's not necessarily yeah. the highest thing on the on like the like, list of priorities. I don't want it to be pushed down the the rankings list just because it doesn't it isn't very emotional. So I've had to do that with a with a few yeah. of them just because th- that's not really the point. Yeah. So then I've put down about um, Black Widow though. Going back, going back to the film we're actually meant to be reviewing. <laughs> yes. Um, is the fact that. It doesn't necessarily focus on family love. It focuses on sisterly love. Yeah. And, like, that relationship. Obviously, Alexi and um, Rachel Weiss's character, who I genuinely cannot think of the name of. Melina. Um, there we go. They're, well, they're parents in speech, in speech marks um, to Yelena and Natasha. But it's really a film about them two and them, like, their journey together. And forming, especially if you then take into consideration the end credit scene, yeah, um, which is just oh, it's rough if you've watched End Games. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that was it. Was something I've only really noticed well in the past couple of days is the fact that it's it's not really family and it's not really Avengers family or anything like that. It's literally just one sister, not not really like talking to the other sister, and then forming. That relationship again which is very heartwarming um yeah well i do think in in families as well sibling love is a very different thing isn't it and yeah a lot of the time uh you know when you become adults you, you don't really rely on your parents anymore but you a lot of people still become like really good friends with their siblings and yeah especially if they've gone through you know hard times or you know if their parents have like abandoned them or whatever they find solace <laughs> with each other which is um, oh, they've gone through mental torture together. <laughs> yeah, you know they've been human trafficked and sold in the black market together. Um, yeah, it's it's just it was so, yeah, like I said, it's something I picked up on, but it was something that I thought was quite significant because it's again that's something I'm going to keep. So, well, that's something I've kept saying is the fact that it's very real. 
Yeah. And this, obviously not the human trafficking side of it, but the fact that siblings do tend to grow apart as they get older because they both go off and do different things most of the time. But there is always still that level of trust somewhere, even though it's completely disappeared at one point. Well, at the start of this film, it's almost not there at all. Um, it builds back up again, which I think is what happens anyway with siblings. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm speaking from zero experience of actually having a sibling. <laughs> yeah, I'm speaking from a lot, but um, kind of, <laughs> kind of none because I don't ever have like, that kind of connection. With any yeah, siblings, which is, I don't know. Oh, that was something I was going to talk about. Now I've thought about it because I remembered. <laughs> Finally, remembered that point. Oh yeah. Um, I was expecting to see more about Natasha's like development in the red room. Yeah, and it's not. There isn't. Well, there's obviously the tiny bit you get in the trailer that's already been in uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah, and then you get like the same thing in the in the starting credits of the film, but you don't really get anything. She she talks about it a bit, but you get more from Florence Pugh's uh, from Yelena's side of it than you do from Natasha's, which is kind of. I don't know. They were uh, from my perspective in the trailers. They were kind of building up to getting some sort of explanation on that, and you didn't get anything to some extent anyway. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people kind of mention that, how Natasha was kind of almost, not sidelined, but we lost focus on the on the title character in the film, because it did, I guess maybe it's because Florence Pugh stole the show, who knows, but... Um, <laughs> who knows? But they, they almost like didn't, people feel like they didn't focus on Natasha enough, and I, mean, I didn't really get that as much, but... No, I didn't get it massively. Where they're coming from. Yeah. I mean, I suppose something they could be picking up on is the fact that, you know, you hear about Black Widow and you're like, oh, Natasha, and then this film's like, no, 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 Black Widow is the name of everybody who's been in this organisation, and you'll go, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, the thing as well. At which point you then wonder why Natasha decided to be Black Widow as a nickname. I mean, it's possibly she didn't choose it, but... Yeah, um, it's weird. With this, uh, another thing Marvel does is kind of they don't tend to name their superheroes that well, unless the person comes out and says their name, like Iron Man and Spider Man do. And yeah, Captain America. None of the other ones actually kind of they kind of just shoot on the names, it, name yeah. in sometimes. You know, like no one ever really calls her Black Widow, but she does sometimes refer to her as Widow occasionally for for whatever reason. They never yeah. really explain it that much. No. Maybe that's a critique on Marvel, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they kind of rectified um, that with Scarlet Witch, didn't they? Um, yeah. Gave an actual explanation oh, why I they haven't called I can't that. Wait to, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be so good to talk about <laughs> <laughs> when we do Marvel rankings and we get onto that. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, just because I'm obsessed, I'm obsessed with her character anyway. <laughs> yeah, she's a great character. Yeah, especially now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, this film has easily become one of my top five. Wow. Um, that high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it was going to be top ten, and then there's just more and more things that I'm like, oh yeah, but that was really good. That was really good too. I mean, it's not top three level. Don't get me wrong. There's still plenty of things that I love above that. But yeah. Um. This was. Re I think it's because it was such a surprise, such a well done surprise. That I've yeah. kind of just been like, ooh, that, th this was nice. This this was unexpectedly good. Um, 
And well, I refuse to stop talking about it with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's not top five for me, but I think it might end up coming in top <gasps> ten. But it depends how the rest of my rewatching rankings good. go as I'm going through. But so far, it's yeah. I mean, so so far, it's in the top five, but because I haven't gotten to Infinity War and Endgame yet, so <laughs> they're definitely going to oh, yeah, it out a little bit. I think, but. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I, I, I'm dreading going back through that emotional toy and oil again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Good yeah, though. It's good. I think, I mean, that's the end, that's the end of my notes. Um, yeah, I've kind of really reached the end of my notes, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I guess we should uh, wrap the review up then. Sign off. Sign off. Basically, watch Black Widow. It's incredible. Um, yeah, it's very good. Don't don't listen to all the haters. It's um very entertaining. Make your own decision on it, but our our ranking and our opinions are very 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 true. They are correct. <laughs> we, <laughs> they are the only reviews you need to know. <laughs> yes, we are the only ones you should be listening to. Exactly. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, we sure we sure as hell enjoyed making it. Yeah, and we will see you next week. Yeah, and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> that is true. Don't forget our socials. Oh, we've got socials. <laughs> yeah, we have. We have to get used to plugging those. Um, I believe on oh Twitter gosh, we yeah. are at Rocket Escape, Rocket underscore Escape, and on Instagram we are so. Escape Rocket Podcasts. Um, we will leave yeah. links to them somewhere for you to access. Um, but yeah, so follow us next week because next week's going to be another incredibly exciting episode. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Thank See you for you listening, later. guys. Bye. Bye.